Welcome to the Fiber for Breakfast podcast, a series that discusses fiber as the critical infrastructure for today's growing broadband needs. Listen in as Gary Bolton, CEO and President of the Fiber Broadband Association, speaks with industry thought leaders and experts about connectivity issues and the impact on the remote workplace. I hope you enjoy today's discussion, which will start momentarily. And remember to subscribe and like this podcast on your favorite platform. This week's Fiber for Breakfast brought to you by our platinum sponsor, Wesco. Well, good morning, everyone, and welcome to the Fiber Broadband Association's Fiber for Breakfast. We're now in our ninth episode of 2023. Before we kick off, I'd like to thank Wesco, the platinum sponsor of Fiber for Breakfast, and our gold sponsor, Nokia and Vetro. You know, on Monday night in Washington, the House passed a two-month extension to extend the FCC's authority to sell Spectrum. This was passed unanimously, um, and the measure will still need to clear the Senate. You know, also on Monday, Vice President Harris traveled to South Carolina to provide an update on the progress of the administration on deploying high-speed broadband, especially fiber optics, and implementing the Affordability Connectivity Plan, a program as we call ACP. So the Vice President Harris highlighted that more than 24 million American households still don't have internet access, either because they can't afford the cost of high-speed internet or because they live in a community, often a rural community, where high-speed internet is just not available. She also said, let's be clear, in America, in the 21st century, every person, no matter where they live and no matter how much they earn, should have high-speed internet. It's simply a necessity. Also, for emphasis, affordability and accessibility, both because one doesn't work without the other. And then she ended with, uh, so today we have begun to build an uh, infrastructure in more than 300 communities to construct thousands of miles of fiber optic lines that deliver high-speed internet. So it's really great to see that the White House fully understands how critical fiber broadband is to our nation as we work to close the digital equity gap. That brings us to today's Fire for Breakfast session with Michael Mori the president and CEO of Bluebird Networks discuss how best practices deliver top net promoter scores for Bluebird Network. You know, last week on Fire for Breakfast, we heard from uh, Pat Maline, the president and CEO of Allo Communications, on the servant leadership culture that he's created at his company and how fiber is changing the lives of the youth of Lincoln, Nebraska. Today on Fire for Breakfast, our session is with Mike Morey, the president and CEO of Bluebird Network to discuss how best practices deliver top net promoter scores for Bluebird Network. Uh, Michael has served as president and CEO of Bluebird Network since 2012, with more than 40 years of telecommunications experience. Michael is a long-standing industry leader, holding positions as president and CEO of, of Vacteus, uh, the senior vice president at Nubox, regional vice president of Electric Lightwave, and has held various managed positions within his 13 years at AT&T. He has a BS and an MBA while attending the University of Southern California. So welcome, Michael. And for our audience, please type in your questions and comments as we go and work them into the Q&A at the end. With that, I'll turn things over to Michael. Hey, good morning, Gary. Thank you very much for having me. By the way, uh, my old board for Voxitas used to hate the name because it was so easy to mispronounce. And that's the most creative pronunciation I have ever heard. So thank you for that, and thank you for reinforcing my board who just hated that name. But uh, 
let's jump into it. Um, I, um, this net promoter score thing is a pretty interesting subject because it really talks about how, uh, how successful you are in terms of your customers, um, and it makes a huge difference in the success of your company. But before we do that, let's talk about uh, Bluebird Network. Let's uh, change the page, uh, Trish. Uh, Gary's already talked about me, so let's go to the next one. Let's talk about Bluebird Network. Okay, so Bluebird Network started way back in 1999, and some of you may remember a company called Missouri Network Alliance, which is how we started in Missouri. And um, we are basically a company that focuses on fiber connectivity, really four things, fiber connectivity, internet delivered across that fiber, co-location in two facilities, one in the Quad Cities uh, and one down in Springfield, Missouri, and, um, and connectivity to the cloud. I know it says private cloud services, but it's really connectivity to the cloud. We let the other folks do the private cloud services. If you had a map up here, you see that we have 11,000 miles of fiber optic network all over the Midwest. We're really in, um, in uh, 11 state area centered on Missouri and Illinois and the surrounding states. So you know, Iowa, Indiana, Kansas, Wisconsin, Oklahoma, Kentucky, Tennessee. Uh, we're all over uh, in the Midwest. Um, and I like to say that um, we're the biggest fiber company in the Midwest that you've never heard of because the companies we focus on are other fiber carriers, wireless carriers, um, uh, managed service providers, government schools, hospitals, banks, and medium and large businesses. So the people that we talk to, we're not, you know, we're not doing big publicity. It's mostly one-to-one -one contact. So the people who work with us and the people that are in those categories that I just talked about um, really know who Bluebird Network is. Um, so uh, let's turn to the next page, uh, Trish, and let's talk a little bit about our history and how we got from 1999 when we first started to 11,200 route miles of fiber nowadays. So we started as Missouri Network Alliance, I mentioned. We then um, we uh, started a company in Illinois called Illinois Network Alliance, which was Bluebird or Missouri Network Alliance, was part of other rural telephone companies in Illinois that decided they were gonna put together a, a, um, a statewide network. Both Missouri Network Alliance and Illinois Network Alliance set up their network based on the concept that um, they were buying connections to long distance calls or tandem services from AT&T and paying them a bunch of money. And then in 1995, this thing called the Internet, Gary, I don't know if you've heard of that, but um, this thing called the Internet came out and all these rural telephone companies had to start buying connections to the Internet, to St. Louis, to Kansas City, to Chicago. Uh, from AT&T as well. And they, they looked at each other and they said, you know, if we go build a fiber network from our rural telephone companies in Missouri to St. Louis and Kansas City, and from our rural telephone companies in Illinois to St. Louis and to Chicago, we could take the money we're paying to AT&T and pay for that fiber network. So that's what they did. And that's how we got these two companies, Illinois Network Alliance and Missouri Network Alliance, that got set up. And then in 2011, there was this other company called Bluebird Media that was building fiber in the middle of Missouri. And they got together with Missouri Network Alliance and they merged to create Bluebird Network. They were only about 18 million in revenue then, about 26 employees. They hired me. I 
since we had 10% ownership of Illinois Network Alliance. I pulled all of them together. We created a single brand across these companies. I actually was the CEO of two companies for quite some time. I was the CEO of Illinois Network Alliance, and I was the CEO of Missouri Network Alliance under the brand name Bluebird Network. Most people had no idea they were dealing with two separate companies. Um, we bought a, a data center, an underground data center in Springfield, Missouri in 2014. Um, Macquarie Infrastructure, the largest owner of infrastructure like electricity and sewers and water and fiber in the world, bought Bluebird in 2019. Um, they also bought um, Unity's Midwest Fiber Network and merged that with Bluebird. And after they merged that with Bluebird, we then went ahead and purchased the remaining interest in Illinois Network Alliance. So now that this thing that was two separate companies plus Illinois Network Alliance plus the data center down in, in Springfield, Missouri, now was under one company. We also bought Colo Hub Data Center, which was in the Quad Cities, Iowa slash Illinois, for those of you who know that area, and uh, changed the name to the Bluebird Quad Cities Data Center. And so that takes us from the beginning with no fiber, no revenue, no employees, to nowadays where we have 11,200 route miles of fiber, 80 million of revenue, and 120 employees. So that's, that's kind of our journey. But let's go to the next page and talk about the things that we do well. And because, you know, you know the, the kind of the elevator speech when somebody talks to me says, Michael, what do you do? We do four things and four things only. We do fiber connectivity where we connect locations. We do co-location where we help people store their critical data. We connect people from their sites to the cloud via private connections or public connections when we provide what I think is the best uh, and highest quality eth uh, internet access in the Midwest. Uh, we have leading, uh, we, we lead the industry with lowest jitter, lowest latency, lowest packet loss anywhere in the Midwest. So if you're one of those companies that is just kind of uh, shaking your head and going, man, oh man, this just isn't working for me. This internet is just, I don't know why it doesn't work so well. That's the kind of person that you need to call us. And if you think about it, these four products, these four products that we focus on are all focused around where people store their critical data. That's the big subject that people talk about now. Am I going to keep my critical data that makes my business run on my premise? And if so, I need to connect that to my other offices. That's where fiber connectivity comes in. Am I going to locate that in a data center? Okay, so there's the co-location. Am I going to put it in the cloud? I'm going to put it in the cloud. I have to either have access to it via the public internet or via private connections. And all of those choices drive to our product set. And hopefully, for redundancy purposes, you're choosing more than one location, hopefully three. So they may be all in your three different home offices. It might be in a home office. It might be in a data center. It might be in the cloud. But um, that's a really big subject that people are focusing on. It's driving a lot of decisions nowadays and that's where our products are, are centered around. Trish, if you go to the next page, you'll see that this kind of products that we have has a real impact on the marketplace um, in a number of ways. One, when we bring fiber into a market, we enable competition and where the local telephone companies, local cable companies uh, don't have much competition, when Bluebird comes in, all of a sudden, 
the products get better, the prices drop, the speed of delivery increases. So we may not always get the customer, but it's always a win for the people in the markets that we enter. Um, and the other thing is quality service. Um, local telephone companies, local cable companies aren't known for great service. When we come in, all of a sudden, we set the bar higher. And when we talk about net promoter scores later, you'll see that our customers get it. Um, and uh, just a few things in terms of how we've been successful in the marketplace. We are uh, the largest provider of connectivity rural telephone companies in the Missouri and Illinois area. So we've had our super impact there. We're the second largest provider of internet to K through 12 schools in Missouri. Um, we're a major provider to all of the wireless carriers in the Midwest and many more areas we've had an impact. But I think that probably gives you a feeling for who Bluebird is um, and, and, and how we have an impact on the marketplace. Uh, and Gary, that brings us to kind of the best practices of a high-performing team. So um, I don't know if you want me to go through this now or you want to talk about this, uh, Gary, or because that's the next subject of the cast. Yeah, why don't you go ahead and um, go through the deck and then we'll get to the Q&A. Yeah. Okay. We have a really great reputation in the marketplace and people ask me all the time, Michael, how is it that Bluebird is different than the other folks out there what makes you guys different and I always say it's it's our people and I know that's kind of a you know everybody says things like that oh it's always our people right but it's it's not just it's your people but it's how you interact with your people how you lead your people and the most important thing of driving a high-performing team in my opinion is listening and communicating to your team if you don't get that right, nothing else works. And then the second thing is trusting your team so that you share responsibilities and you push those responsibilities out as far as you possibly can. Um, I haven't talked to too many people that love being in a company run by a micromanager. Uh, and so what we try to do is we try to empower our folks throughout the company almost as if this is their company. Um, and if something needs to be done, there's, there's one real easy way to get in trouble at Bluebird. That's, not by, that's by not taking ownership and not making the decision um, and not owning something and, and like waiting for, hey, Michael, what should I do here? Like, I would rather have you do something different than I would have done, but do it and take responsibility than to you know, slow down and worry about what's Michael going to say? Because what I support is you taking action and doing what you think is right. Um, and then, okay, so you set this environment, but you got to make sure that, that they understand that they are valued, whether it's through recognition, whether it's through awards, whether it's just going up and remembering their name and talking to them in the hallways, leaving your door open. Um, Super important. And then the last thing that I think is best practice is consistency. Consistency. People who change this way one day, this way another, this way a third, I hate those kinds of environments. So I like things to be consistent. And I like to make sure that our goals and values are clearly defined and understood. You go around Bluebird, 
And I'm going to ask uh, uh, Trish, I think this is the next page. I'm going to ask you to go to the next page. You're going to see, I'm, I'm just, I'm sitting in a random office in our facilities in the Quad Cities in Iowa, in Davenport, Iowa. And on the desk of this place that I'm sitting is this Bluebird Network values sheet. And it talks about, you know, what values that we hold here at Bluebird. Um, one is to wow our customer. One is to own it. Um, wowing our customer is we meet or exceed our customer needs for both our internal and external customers. Owning it means we hold ourselves and each other accountable to do what's right. We adapt creatively, which is we quickly and creatively adapt to solve problems. And four, we care deeply. We care deeply about our customers, team members, communities, and environment. And we don't just say these things, we mean it and we live it. And when you take these values throughout your company and in your interactions with your customers, I have had times when a salesperson or a engineer or an operations person has said to me, Michael, I, I don't think we should do that because it doesn't follow our company's values and culture. And I love it when somebody says that because then I'll stop and I go, you know, you're right. If we did that, it wouldn't be following this. We're not perfect. We've made mistakes that didn't follow these cultures. But in our company, people are quick to point it out. And it's a huge, huge differentiator in the marketplace. And I think it is what leads to our success with our customers. And I know this topic today, I know we're talking about net promoter scores. Business to business and consumer to business are two separate types of net promoter scores. And I want to I want to talk, a lot of people, they throw around this term NPS all the time. And at Bluebird, when we talk about net promoter score, we're talking about what is a customer, how do they score us? When we ask them the question, how likely are you to recommend Bluebird Network to a friend or a colleague on a scale of one to 10? And if they put nine or 10, then we consider them a promoter. And that's a plus. If they put seven or eight, we consider them passive. Most people would think seven or eight's a great score. But no, seven or eight, we, that we call it passive. And then one through six, we consider them a detractor. And a lot of people would say six is more than half. It's a good score. Bluebird's not looking for good. We're looking for great. So the, and, and this kind of scoring for net promoter scores is used throughout the country. So if you look at the industries, business to business, and we'll show a, a consumer to business slide in a second, you'll see that the scores for telecommunications are lower. But you'll notice against healthcare, financials, IT, wholesale, telecommunications at the bottom of the net promoter scores. Somehow in our industry, we find out how to do it worse than other people. But by following the things that we do here at Bluebird, Trisha, why don't you push that score and show what Bluebird Network's a net promoter score is. We've come in at the top of the pile, Bluebird's net promoter score comes in at 70. This is a huge number. We're super proud of it. And we watch this, we score this. We, we run these scores two times a year, we send out uh, uh, send out uh, um, questionnaires to get our net promoter scores. Um, and this is super important to us. Um, and um, I think it's one of the big reasons why Bluebird continues to grow consistently, why we have super low customer churn, and why uh, our employees love working here. Now, I think if we want to finish up this deck, Gary, let's go to the next slide, Tricia, and let's look at the 
scores in the business to consumer area. And please note, telecom has managed to be negative. That we are, that, you know, the, the local telephone companies, local cable companies, we just aren't getting it. I don't know what the answer is, but the answer is not to keep doing what we're doing. What Bluebird can I do from here? We're going to keep doing what we're doing. We build about 500 miles of fiber each year. We're going to keep doing that. We're going to dig in, get deeper into the markets we are in in our 11 states, and we're going to edge out further into the surrounding states. Uh, we're going to keep doing strategic builds. A few of them that we currently have going on, we're doing a river crossing, uh, Mississippi River crossing right now for Facebook. They're doing networks across the country, so we're doing that for them. We're uh, uh, doing new expansion into some, we'll call uh, mid-sized cities in Iowa and Illinois, Waterloo, Dixon, DeKalb, and Aurora. And we just recently did a little tuck-in acquisition with Missouri Telecom. But Bluebird's not going out to, to like buy three different companies like Zayo is. We're looking to just do, you know, just do the steady, constant growth because by doing that, we can continue to, to uh, wow our customers and, and hold our values uh, dear. Um, and I think uh, we'll continue to be successful. So I'll turn it back over to you, Gary. Hey, Michael. Yeah, first of all, congratulations. 70 in this world is awesome. Uh, so on that, I have a whole bunch of questions that came in as people registered. Okay. And okay. Uh, so one is, when you look at, do you guys look at the transitional, or excuse me, transactional NPS for like New Connect, truck rolls, uh, calls to care, and et cetera? We don't. It's a great idea, Gary. And uh, our team is looking at layering that in because that helps you understand not just Bluebird and our image as a whole, you get to find out like how are technicians doing? How is our customer service doing? How are our sales people doing? So, you know, um, there are different ways to do that. And we are exploring that, but we haven't implemented it yet. But it's a great idea and something that we do plan to do. I think you froze on me a little bit, Michael. Um, oh, I'm sorry. You can still hear me. So one of, the, yeah, one of the other questions that came out I thought was really good is, how do you set the NPS metrics? You know, how do you measure them? And how do you tie them into your... NPS goals into individual goals versus team goals? Um, so I think I explained earlier how we how we do our metrics. Uh, we do them twice a year and we do them on the zero to 10. And I kind of went through that in my, my deck. Um, we don't <laughs> right now tie them into our KPIs, but we do tie them into our quarterly awards. So we have quarterly, each of the executives in each of the different departments has what we call a going beyond expectation awards. And those, when you, when you are recognized in that, we always, as part of our all hands meeting, we bring people together, big video calls, announce the winners. We recognize which of the company values contributed to you winning the award. So I don't actually do it as part of bonuses. We do it more about recognition. But I will tell you, um, it is it is working. Well, great. Obviously, that's um, working really well. So what about um, you know the uh, best customer experience practices to keep your subscribers from switching to competitors, especially after like a promo price ends and so forth? I mean, we see so much 
promos in our space and you know consumer uh, power trains to basically keep you know gaming the system to you know, yeah. get the promo deals so how, how do you guys keep your churn uh, down what is your churn how do you keep it down well our churn is 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 0.8% per month including um, including returns i mean so that's an all in number and um, that that industry standard is is lucky to get to 1% per month um, so we we have uh, re really low churn um, when you know how do we beat that so this is really a what you just described is a transactional environment okay and since our target is not small businesses and it's not residential right most people are more focused on the quality than the price why would you fix something that's not broken especially when chances are what you had before was broken so we don't find ourselves in a situation where we are fighting the most recent promo. And I, maybe it's a, a sign of our market. Maybe it's a sign of uh, yeah. our success. But we really don't face that. So your customers are more mission critical. And so they're looking for, um, you know, basically having the, uh, the quality of service, the quality of experience is paramount yep. to them. Yep, so that's right. We do reach out to them at the end of their terms and uh, you know talk to them about what their current needs are. We always do that. Um, but we, just, but you're right. It's it's the mission critical nature of it. We we just don't see our customers jumping for the latest deal. You know, and I um, I had Matt um, from Calix on, and he was talking about NPS and about how you have to keep wowing your customers. You know, so you set the bar, but the bar, you know, once oh. they get um, comfortable at you know wowing them on one way you have to keep you know elevating that wow you know and so what is it that are you able to do that um, I mean you can't just keep doing what you're doing even if it's great because people well, get too comfortable this kind of rolls into a question about trends right I mean so this is about where is the market going and I, I always yeah. like to talk about um, uh, this has been happening for a long time and it continues to happen and it is the biggest impact on that kind of just keep doing what you're doing thing is that people are demanding more bandwidth at lower costs at an increasing pace over time and they are looking for more storage at lower cost at increasing pace as well and those two things are driving what's going on in the network so uh, we are continually um, driving the size and capabilities of our network faster than our customers want it. And so that's where we really see the kind of change in customers. They always want you to be outstanding with what you have. They always want you to care about them. They always want you to respond quickly. They always want you to build them correctly. We've already got those things right. So for us, the thing that's changing is the market trends and making sure we're on top of those. Well, fantastic, Michael. Hey, we really appreciate you sharing the success that you and Bluebird are having and what you're doing to serve the communities of the Midwest. So thank you for that. And I want to thank everybody for joining us today. And I look forward to getting back together next Wednesday. We're going to be discussing not your grandpa's cable company, how today's uh, MSOs are moving forward with fiber with Jamie Linderman, the research manager and principal analyst of broadband access at Omdia research firm that we use quite often. 
So you're not going to want to miss that. So um, please dial in next Wednesday and we'll see what cable companies are doing to transform uh, their businesses to fiber. Everyone, I hope you have a great rest of your week.